Hello and welcome, and thanks for joining me on this first episode of this podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is a place where I want to talk about collecting vinyl and music in general with other collectors from around the world. My first guest is Mio, alias Mio Nuel from Sweden. With 42,000 followers, she has one of the most visible and known accounts in the vinyl community on Instagram. And that for a good reason, then... Besides doing posts in which she shares her top 10 lists for artists like Black Sabbath or Radiohead, which, by the way, had a lot of first places and only one second, or posts about her favorite albums from cities like Manchester or Berlin, she is without a doubt most known because she doesn't simply photograph or shares her vinyl collection ranging from classics through all the decades and music styles, but is literally becoming part of the record. With help of makeup and props, she turns herself into album covers of classics and personal favorites, and with that, in my opinion, has almost created a new art form. I don't know what it's called yet, but maybe we can find that out together. Joining me live from Sweden now, welcome Mio. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. <laughs> That's a very nice write-up. I feel very, very honored. <laughs> that was kind of my intention. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really bad at uh, except, uh, taking compliments. I get very easily embarrassed. <laughs> so, but, I, you, you know, you never say that about yourself. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> it, it sounds kind of... I mean, if you put it in a text and you put all that together, it just sounds yeah. like a lot of accomplishment, which you have. I mean, that's what I want to talk about yeah. on Instagram, where, you know, you're most, most visible... That it's it's sort of it's one of the most interesting accounts and i think i'm speaking for a lot of people one that pops up you want to follow because you never know what's the next thing that you're going to come up with and i'm still amazed on all the things you're coming up with oh that, that's that's very nice but start at the beginning i mean before you get the mindset of turning yourself into album covers how did you get into music or in that intensity to make it a lifelong obsession I've been told by my mother that it started before I can remember anything. Uh, and it's it's also kind of weird because I don't come from a music interest. Family, my family isn't interested in music in any way. My sister, who is 20 years older, she ha hung around a lot of musicians, but she didn't practice music and she didn't listen to a lot of music. So, But my mother says that, that as soon as I could stand up, I was... Uh, completely amazed by Prince. That's my first musical love affair, if you will. Um, and that was Diamonds and Pearls, the music video for Diamonds and Pearls. So that's the first thing I've been told. And ever since then, I've been, I, I had this very, very strong connection with music that I know a lot of people feel. And, and I think everyone is capable of feeling. But for me, it's It's just as important, it sounds so cliche, but it's just import as important as water or sleep or food. Uh, for me, it's a way to just keep my sanity. It's a way for uh, just kind of a meditation or a place to get some comfort from. Uh, and it's been that way for as long as I can remember. I can't say where it comes from. It's just something that I was born with, a passion and a, a big interest in just music in general um, so. a prince is a pretty you know profound and cool way i remember being told that i was fascinated by the take that video so that's not i mean i've worked from there yeah when i was old enough to discover music for myself it was of course bands like spice girls and uh, aqua and things like that but when i was a, a kid and reacting just to the sounds and everything just pure out of uh, i don't know like almost the primal instinct prince was my first 
musical love. Uh, so um, so that's where it started, and then it, it's been like a roller coaster of different genres and periods and eras and everything. But that's where it started, I think. And it's an interesting, like you said, that roller coaster, you know, that brings you to different um, eras in your life where you're just listening to. Um, Like, you know, maybe in your early teens it's pop, but then I've read about and we share this love of Elliot Smith. Yeah. That's probably, you know, changed a lot of, and that's so deep in, uh, you know, founded in me that um, I can listen to him for, I mean, maybe a year or not, and then I'm coming back to his records and it has the same effect. And you sometimes don't want to listen to it because you worry that it doesn't, you know, it's going to fade or something, but it never no. does. But I think uh, a lot of kids uh, and in me, me too, and probably you also, um, that face where you listen to that uh, pop on the radio face, that easy, accessible kind of music is really important because that's just exposure to music is important, even if it's not that most high quality or uh, anything. But but when I started to choose artists for myself, like finding out my my true musical taste, Elliot Smith was my first uh, first artist that I discovered that way. And uh, do you remember how you discovered him? Oh uh, no, it, it was probably in an illegal way <laughs> through <laughs> the internet, um, and I can't really remember. But I know I, I was like thirteen, maybe twelve, thirteen, yeah. and I just stumbled upon it. Um, and, and and maybe it was because I I watched a lot of MTV, a lot of MTV, uh, like from when I was maybe six or seven up to when I was in my mid-teens. I just sneak up at night and watch a lot of MTV. And that way I discovered bands like Radiohead and Massive Attack and Nine Inch Nails. And I think I discovered Elio Smith by, you know, looking up those artists and figuring out what they liked. So... It was probably that way I found something like that. That's also always a great or some of my favorite things about um, about music in, in general that, you know, it's it's sort of this network of things that's not, they're all connected yeah. somewhere. And you, you know, you could like, I don't know, I'm just remembering like a Fleet Fox, a Fleet Fox um, interview with Robin Packhold and he talked about his love for, for A.R. Smith and it sort of, you know, it's sort of always... Or even like post Malone, if we want to go mm. there, um, his favorite band is Fleet Foxes, and you would never guess that in a way. Yeah, but it's this sort of you know like Arctic Monkeys that are like taking so much in uh, influence from other things, and uh, you discover stuff through that. Mm. I've always been fascinated or interested in the source of things. So, if I like a band, I want to figure out where they get their inspiration or what genre genres they are inspired by and what's the like the, the beginning of that genre and what, what what I can find there and what because a lot of the times or always the 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 beginning or the 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 mother of all music or the the first band that they listen to that that pure genre is often great it's oft, often amazing when you find Like when I discovered Graceland, it's such a cliche to say that, but when I discovered Paul Simon's Grace, Graceland uh, and figure, uh, looking into Afrobeat and all that and, and finding all these great artists that way and then falling in love with that genre and uh, those artists, it's, um, I, I like that part of discovering music going, going yeah, back. Yeah, me too, absolutely. Um, which probably 
brings us to that loving of music and this discovering of music and that appreciation of music did that sort of bring you to working in a record store i mean if you follow your uh instagram account we can see just sort of little glimpses of your day-to-day -day life which is working in a record store how, how i ended up there mm. yeah Is that something that that sort of obsession in your teens that sort of was it a dream always working a record or did it just, you know, happen? I, I want to say that it was, but it never was. I just I just happened to be there. Um the right place. And they looked for employees no, no. and you said, yeah, me. <laughs> It wasn't that way either. It's it, I I fought my way to stay there, but I was so I you should stay in school, but I didn't. At 17 I or 16, around that time, I decided to go to Oslo and tour with bands instead. So I spent a couple of years touring with different bands and both playing instruments myself or you know, just hanging around bands or selling merch and things like that. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I my past caught up to me and I hit a brick wall and I got completely burned out. Um, so I became a pro. I got assigned to this EU project for young adults who needs help getting out to getting getting work again. Um, so I needed an internship, and my friend had had an internship at this record store. So he said, "Yeah, it's they they usually take people in, and and you can stay for a couple of weeks, and then they, then you have to find something else." But but it's it was a fast way to get a, to get a, an internship. Um, so I I applied, and they said, "Oh, we have another one coming in in three weeks, so you have three weeks to stay here, and then you have to go." Um, and I I don't know that that urged me to try to. <laughs> I don't know, it kind of, I'm very, I'm a challenged-based person. I love a good challenge. So I just work my ass off. You said, I'm going yeah, to be the best, be the best uh, <laughs> player you ever yeah. had. You say I have three weeks and then there is another guy coming in and he's going to be here for an internship for a year. And you have three weeks and he has a year. And I was like, I'm going to get that year. I'm going to be there for a year. And then I was there for three weeks and the other guy didn't show up. So they just renewed my internship for a couple of weeks. And then I think I stay there as an uh, intern for uh, four months. And then I got uh, then I got the job. So ever since then, I've been working there. And is it, you know, for a lot of people, it's probably uh, a dream job or like an, um, for a lot of people, like open up their own record stores or who are all who collecting, uh, who's collecting vinyl? Um, is it that dream job? Is it that uh, you're spending all your day listening to music and... You know. I think I listen to uh, as much music at work as people do who don't have to talk to other people. <laughs> like we ha we always have music in the background, uh, and it's all not always music you enjoy because you have colleagues who wants to choose the music too, and they don't always like the same things. So it's not like that. I I I'd say because I've been working at other places, uh, in retail in other places. A retail job is or just a retail job in the end. Um, but it's always, it's of course very, very nice if it, you're working with a product that you love and enjoy and are feeling passionate about. But I would say like it's one maybe in 10 people who comes in to buy something that are interested in the product, if you will. Most people just, 
Yeah. It's like working in a clothing store. You're just there to buy a, a sweatshirt and you want a black one and that's all you want. And then you go in and out. There's few people who come in to talk about fashion. And, and it's the same in a record store. It's few, very few people who come in that want to talk about music or are just like, I don't know what to get. Please recommend something. It's a very small amount of people who do that. But when, when they come in and you get to have that exchange, uh, that gives you... Uh, energy for for the rest of the day that i assume you don't get if you work with something you maybe don't like as much yeah and it's always i mean i work in sort of like a record section of like a store and it's sometimes it's like giving a new home to a you know a lonely record if you can like recommend something that they didn't know and um i feel like that like you know it's it's going to be played the record and it's going to be taken care of and it doesn't you know stand around in this you know shop anymore and um um but yeah like you said it gives you energy and it's it's uh, a wonderful feeling basically yeah you have these days like around christmas of course and then you have record store day and you have black friday where the vast the the major and uh, the vast amount or the biggest amount uh, mid, the majority of people who come in are those kind of people who want to talk about pressings and quality and uh, what variants are available and, and that kind of thing. And those days give you like a, a, such a massive amount of energy for the rest of the year where you just se- are selling maybe, oh, I can't even think of a boring artist now, but, but when you just are selling CDs or something for for hours on end. You mentioned Record Store Day and... Um You've you've been one of the people responsible for the record store day in Sweden. Is that right? No, kind of. Um, the people who own the store I work at, two two very nice guys. They uh, are the curators of record store day in Sweden, and we are a pretty small company. Uh, so we have been working for for a couple of some years. I've been working really close with with them, like and with my other colleagues, and then other years. Like next year, I won't be working with them as close because I'm focusing on other things. Um, but we have been curious, I don't know how long, but maybe four years, three years. Our store have been responsible for Record Store Day in Sweden. Then. Because the interest wasn't that big and no one else wanted to take it on. So someone... Seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's probably like a nightmare to yeah. organize. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's... Um, it's a lot, and uh, there are we, we are the biggest records. We we are not not we are not a chain of stores, but we are the the still the biggest record store, retail uh, record retailers in Sweden. So I don't know. It's kind of a natural progression that we took part or took over that part. I think, and and it's nice that it's not run by labels also. So it's uh, it's kind of more natural than if uh, if a big label were to run it instead with you know talking about record stores and i've asked a friend of mine who's working in a record store and he found it funny that we are talking to each other as uh, women mm. because it is perceived you know collecting vinyl or just basically being interested in music in that kind of way is sort of like a male thing and i've worked in a record store that's part record store part bookstore and you could observe couples in that case women and mm. men um parting ways like men going into the music section and women going oh i'm gonna browse the book section do can you see a change in the last five or ten years that that it is changing and that you know more women are interested in in vinyl i can see a change that i think is not only in vinyl but in all 
niched interest there where why, uh, women are more interested in, in talking yeah and more interested in talking about their passion uh, when i started working at the store which is almost nine i just started my ninth year there so when i started there i noticed that the women who came in just came in picked the record they wanted bought it and then left and the men who came in uh, ge- i'm generalizing here <laughs> violently but they usually Maybe they came in, they browsed a bit, they wanted to talk to us about the record, they wanted to talk about the, with the other customers about the record, they wanted to, you know, get into it a little bit deeper, whereas the women just came in and bought what they wanted and then they left and then I don't know if they talked to, about the music with their friends, but I think the change is that um, more women are coming in and is not afraid to take that that place they are they they're they're not afraid to demand some space and and not afraid to take up uh, i don't know talk about their passions i think but i also think if we see more women practicing their hobbies or their passion uh, expressing their passion more women will come out and do the same uh, or more more people who identify as women at least yeah and I, I think you can see it on you know bring it back to instagram there are a lot of women collecting vinyl and sharing mm. it and i find that because all my friends who like collect vinyl are male you know i'm the odd one out in that and i find it great and i find it inspiring in that way not to sound cliched but what you just said exactly that it's it is inspiring in that way and just you know not being alone in that yeah and also that we are a new and nuanced group of people when i started my account which is almost two years ago uh it was very very polarized so there were the women account women or the women behind accounts where it was only pictures of records and maybe they wrote a little bit about it and then there were their accounts where there are mostly run by males but but also women uh, with not a lot of clothing like more sexualized accounts and then there wasn't anything in between there weren't any nuances any like just there was those two account two accounts and then were very very big amounts of male accounts that did all kinds of stuff but now i see accounts doing everything from you know writing full reviews and appearing in the picture and not appearing in the picture and doing reviews of CDs and vinyl and seven inches and everything. There are more nuanced group being visible on Instagram at least now. And I think that it's the exact same thing in the record stores and all over the world. Yeah, and it's, I think it's bold to put yourself out yeah. there because that's like, you know, a whole different topic. Uh, but the internet and, you know, the anonymity of it, that people are just going to comment something. I find it always really, um, well, your way you talk. I mean, you can see that under your posts, even though there's some really sexualized comments sometimes and you just um you answer them mostly with humor and you know taking out their aggression with that and i found it really amazing i probably couldn't do it it's it's uh, once again it's nine years of practice so (laughs) maybe it took me for four or five years of just being exposed to it at the store because it's the same climate in real life People say, it's, oh, it's trolls on the internet. No, it's not trolls on the internet. It's the exact same thing in real life when you're working in a record store, at least. But you get the exact same comments and the exact same exposure. People aren't afraid to tell you to your face these exact things. 
So I've been practicing uh, and I have bad days and good days. But now I, I just know that the best way uh, to to respond to this is just make them look ridiculous because that's what it is. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and kill with kindness. Yeah. That's my way in sort of, yeah, I've, I've people like just ignoring me. Oh. Every day to to male colleagues and thinking they know better and then the male colleagues turn to me and ask yeah. me and I know the answer right away and it's a great feeling when you look at their faces yeah. in the way that um, but yeah that's you know cliches and preconceptions really that's their problem but not mine in a way yeah. and I think just what you said I think if there's more representation that women you know know just as much about uh, vinyl and music yeah. um that maybe will change and not maybe in that their generation because i think these are set in stone but like in our generation yeah i, I used to i i don't work as much in the register now as i did before but when i worked in the, at the register full time i started uh, having this little book by by my side because i i felt like at the time i only had male colleagues now i have now it's 50 50 but at the time i i was the only for a very long time i was the only female working there uh, and i felt like uh, I felt like I was being dramatic. Uh, I felt like, but it can't be an everyday thing that I'm being discriminated against. It can't be an everyday thing. It must be that it happens sometimes and then it just stays in my head and I obsess over it. That was what I thought. So I started writing down everything, like from the smallest things, like someone comes in and just ignores me to people just saying up front the nastiest thing or the worst thing or or or, or, or kind things that are you know, maybe not the kindest thing, but 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 I I I wrote it all down and and I uh, came to the conclusion that it's about three times a day that it's obviously I'm being differently treated because I'm being uh, because I look female and and that slowly tears you down after a while. It, of course, it it takes on my confidence and my uh, general. It just makes me feel bad after a while. You start questioning things if you are less worthy and and everything, uh, but it happens a lot. It happens and it still happens. But I'm both older now and I'm a little bit hardened. <laughs> I I um, envy you for that because I'm still getting just frustrated, and <laughs> yeah. all my colleagues have to hear it afterwards that I'm you know maybe I'm dramatic and I you apologize for it and say I mean I'm sorry I'm sort of annoying you with the same story over and over and. Sometimes uh, standing beside it and saying, "What was that?" <laughs> and I'm saying, "Yeah, welcome to my yeah. world." But the the most important thing is that you have good colleagues, and, and I have I'm fortunate to have great colleagues. So the 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 staff have been somewhat changed since then, and we are a very tight group working now who have our backs, and we are <clears throat> a lot of times just women in the store, which makes people. They, they have to talk to us. They don't have a... Uh, and it's nice. They don't have yeah, a choice. And it's also yeah. nice to see that it doesn't matter how femme you look. <laughs> you can look like... It doesn't mean if you're... It doesn't matter if you're androgynous or if you look like me, who who obviously is very into makeup and, and the way I look and everything. It doesn't matter. As long as you have an ounce of femininity to it, you will be discriminated against. And it's nice to know that yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's all yeah, of us. And that you maybe changing, 
yeah, that you're changing an opinion, no. you know, one maybe one customer at a time or just in one experience. I mean, no one's going out there and saying, yeah. oh, well, maybe I was yeah, wrong. Uh, But just like little steps of like experiences of over experiences. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's also nice to know that it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not an age thing also. We have very young people working there. We have a lot of old, but older people working there and it doesn't matter. It just, it just matters whether or not we are women. <laughs> And uh, then we can work together as a group. So, did you ever thought of publishing that book of stories? <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I I found once I googled like record store stories. There is a blog that they don't write uh, any stories any longer, but they have written a couple of ones, like ten or something. And they, uh, I think it's an American <clears throat> thing, uh, American blog. And the funny thing is, it's exactly the same where I work. It's all over the world, the exact same thing. <laughs> and after visiting so many record stores in Europe uh, while I was on tour and, and, and things like that, I, I realized that I'm not only the, not only the female staff at store being, being treated the same way, I, as a customer who is a woman, will be treated the same way uh, everywhere in the world, except maybe Germany. But everywhere else, I think uh, it's the same. <laughs> I'm being ignored. Oh, Germany is better yeah, than... I mean, yeah. I'm just interested because I, I am in Germany right now and uh, mm. that's a different experience uh, for you. Yeah, you, you don't feel this. Yeah, for me, it's a different experience. I feel like I'm just a customer there. Just thinking about it while you said it, that I've, I don't think I've ever... You know, there was no condescending or something that's like, oh, well, what you're picking up for anybody else or something. But yeah, just the same... Yeah, I just felt like a customer, right? Yeah, and I, I just think when you enter a store in Sweden, it's not the same way, but I'm, I'm not going to name countries, but there are a couple of countries where you think, well, this is a very, this this country is a, has come a long way in their, I don't know, view of women and people of other color. But then you go into record store and you dig and you see that they have special sections for women and they have special sec section for people that are just a different color of skin than you and it doesn't matter what genre they are practicing they are just in that position and the worst record store i've been to um which i'm not going to name but i was furious when <laughs> they treated me like absolute shit and i came in and they have a section all all female musicians aside and everyone who is not white were just put to the side in the back of the store and then they had uh, the male section or uh, then uh, with the with with rock and everything and then they had put notes on musicians where they where they thought they were silly or sissy or like a pussy and on Kurt Weil they had put in parentheses so it said could Kurt Weil and then in parentheses said he's he's really a woman so you would know that he is really What yeah <laughs> uh, and that was uh, yeah it was a really shitty record store and it was in a country that most people most people will have a pre preconception of what country this is it's not a country it's a very forward-thinking country and the record stores showed that maybe the people aren't that forward-thinking <laughs> but in Germany I don't feel like, like that I just I, I, I love Germany so I, maybe I'm partial to that but I feel like when you get into a record store it's always or mostly fairly priced and it's good categorizations and uh, it's good I don't know it just <clears throat> just feels better 
I don't know why why it is that way. Maybe it's a very very long tradition. I haven't been to the UK, but I've heard from people who've been there digging a lot or living there that it's quite similar to the German market. And I think it's just a long tradition of DJs and music. Uh, yeah, and maybe love for music. I mean, I'm just thinking about it because I think somewhere Germany is like someone of like one of the third or fourth biggest music yeah. markets in itself. So maybe that's where it's coming from, that sort of like that tradition and that understanding. And like, you know, we're still, I mean, I think it's this year is the first year that like streaming overtook physical yeah. sales. Yeah, exactly. Like until um, I think, I'm sorry, but I think Germany and the UK and um, uh, th those two countries have a very strong DJ tradition. So record stores have been uh, there for a very long time and a lot of record stores everywhere. Uh, and then they can't be pickers choosers. They have to accept everyone, because they have to make business. They are there are a lot, a lot of competition. Yeah, and like just generally speaking, I think you know, like we all have to be thankful for like the electronic electronical yeah. music because they kept vinyl alive over the last years, you know. And there's a lot of a lot of spaces in Berlin, especially where this always has been the case, and they're always been selling vinyl. Yeah. But you mentioned in the beginning that you are spend a lot of time on on tour with musicians. Um, and in the beginning of the year, if you follow your Instagram account, you could see that you were on tour with Anna von Hauswolf. Yep. Do I say yep. that right? <laughs> German name. So yeah, so that's yeah. I, f I felt right uh, familiar yeah. with it. Um, how did that come about? Like the old uh, connections from your teenagers, where you've been touring, or well, I think Sweden, as we as you said. Uh, uh, Sweden is a big country for music, so but it's also very small. We're only nine million people, uh, and I, I can't tell you how many of us are. You know every single <laughs> yeah, one I, of them. Exactly, I know everyone, but but not but, but it, it's not a, even a big European city. So it, it's a small country, and I think the music industry is very um centralized around the bigger cities so when you live in a bigger city and you play with a band you know almost everyone it's kind of a small community so just i started touring when i was 16 17 with different bands and then i don't know you get to know a lot of people and you just i don't know it just happens which sounds like the dumbest <laughs> conclusion like the thing. <laughs> but you it sounds uh, like Like all of, you know, hanging out and you say, well, you want to come up to and you say, yeah. And you just jump on the tour yeah, bus. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. And I've done tours with with bands, both where I was playing, but mostly where I'm not playing and like where we slept in the car, like the floor of the car. And I've done tours when we have fancy hotels and and uh, tour buses and everything. So it's it's all it's all fun. I like I like living that way. I like the touring life because it's so out of my comfort zone i'm very, i'm i have a tendency to be a hermit i i like to isolate myself or oh, that's what my brain wants to do it wants to be alone and not be around people so <clears throat> it's a nice way to challenge myself to forcing yeah. yourself yeah just be around people and it's it's for a short while but it's an intense time and then you can be alone by yourself and then you do it again And it justifies the the alone time. Yeah, probably, kind of. Because, well, I've been around around people now. I have the right to be a, a hermit right now and listening to vinyl yeah, exactly. and uh, going through my collection. I, I feel I feel like a lot of people who are into vinyl are also hermits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we like that. 
being at home. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not playing tennis no. or something. You know, you don't you don't really need someone on the other side to to do it, and and you don't speak while the record no. is playing. Basically, you know, you don't need to. No. You know, and everything's at home um, also. See, and everything's yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, while you're on tour, I mean, you've talked about the worst record store <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've ever encountered. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to name yeah, no, them. But, no, um, that whole city. Maybe I one day will post something about it. But but I, I feel like I'm high have to, in in the forward oh, of your book yeah, about exactly. the stories of a record oh, store. Oh, I sound like a terrible person. But uh, <laughs> no, but anyway, no, but this no. whole this whole city, it, it it was the same climate all through the city. It was it's maybe maybe one day I will out this city. Uh, and it, and people may be thinking now it's Paris because I spend a lot of time there in Paris. It's not Paris. It's not France. It's uh, it's another country. But I, maybe I would tell at some point. But point. But I feel like I'm a too big of a count to, like, throw dirt at this small record <laughs> store, <laughs> bad record stores. But we want to talk about no, good, good record stores. Good record stores. Let's talk good record stores instead. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're touring and through Europe, do you have any favorites outside of? maybe you know sweden and maybe germany now we've covered that um that's like you know someone is maybe living in that city that's listening and says oh well i've never been there but you know uh, i think people have been to this these records i but i have uh, been I, i think through the last two years i have two cities that stand out because before i'm going to talk about germany now again but that's but okay. before it, it used to be berlin because i've been to berlin so many times so i've gotten to know that city and and, and dig around so i think it's just familiar familiarity but i was fortunate enough to be two days in hamburg earlier this year mm-hmm. and that i fell in love with that city i i, I can't i think a lot about that city <laughs> since then uh, and it's a it's a you know musical capital yeah, with the Beatles yeah, and stuff so exactly. yeah, it has its uh, history uh, yeah and uh, and I, I just I, I just I just fell in love with the city in general so maybe it's that maybe it's just my love for it and everyone was so friendly everywhere I've never been treated so well by everyone <laughs> but the the record stores there were so many record stores I've never seen a city with so many record stores close to each other and uh, there I visited uh, Groove City was one of them like a soul hip hop oriented record store uh, and talking about female staff there were only women working there <laughs> and they were super super knowledgeable and very friendly and the walls were all covered with signed records from different artists uh, that's been there throughout the years and they had like uh, yeah it was so well decorated and well assorted and everything was just Yeah, I, I love that store. I bought so many things. And then we visited another one, which was called Mini Groove in Hamburg, which we got recommended to us. Uh, and it was really small, like in a, it's not in a basement, but it was, it was a floor. A hole in the wall, basically. Yeah, kind of. And you can go downstairs and it's under a building, kind of. And it was super, it's super tiny, but it had records for like a, <laughs> a massive store. So it was just piles. Uh, but it was well assorted, so it wasn't like that. But you and I didn't have that much time. But it was just great selection and a fun selection. You saw things that you generally doesn't see a lot of times, and super again super friendly staff. It was kind of very close to Reeperbahn, also. If and anyone want to look it up, um, yeah, it was. I found some great records, some Star Wars records that I've been looking for for some time, and. The other city have to be Paris, 
which I was visiting for a week earlier this year. Also, just like Hamburg, super, super friendly staff everywhere. I wasn't badly treated or, or weirdly treated in any story. They were, they were super nice and helpful and very knowledgeable and um, good genre dividers, uh, placement, like super neat genres everywhere. Uh, and there I think and not categorized for women only or no, women no, listening to no not in France uh, maybe in the small place I don't know but France is, was France was very similar to Germany except uh, in Germany I feel like there's a lot of electro and synth and and maybe hip hop and a lot of uh, interesting bootlegs that you can't find anywhere else and in uh, France I feel there's a more Uh, direction towards uh, African music, which is impossible to find in Sweden. Like, you can't. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know it's understandable yeah. with their you know immigration. Yeah, of um, course. They, they probably bring a lot of it with it. You know, yeah. being coming from Africa. And the records come with it, so you find things that you can't find anywhere else in Europe. I assume, maybe uh, uh, in the southern of Europe, but but not in the new northern parts. Like. And they have a lot of hip hop there too. So, and uh, a lot of like the thing I like about Germany and France digging there is they have a lot of techno, which is something I've gotten into the last couple of years. So I went, visited one called Heartbeat Vinyl, which was very, I say, niche towards like Japanese pressings and like very very fancy pressings, um, and very fairly priced. Uh, so I got some Eno records there, Japanese pressings. And then my absolute favorite was Superfly Records, which is soul, jazz, uh, Afro kind of section. I, I, I only looked through one section and that was the Afro beat, Afri African section. And I spent, I think it was like two meters wide. Uh, so it wasn't that big, but, it, but it, I spent three hours just going through that section. And on every record, they had stickers. So they had listened to every record in that store. And it's a pretty big store. And, and on the sticker, it said what track they recommended and what kind of music it was. And they described the feeling of the music. So they didn't just write, ah, oh, this is high life. This is Ghanaian high life. They wrote the feeling of the music like this is... Um, now I'm just saying it was happy, but they, they, they described the feeling of the music or like gave it a color, like it's vibrant, red fusion. So you really got How inspired awesome. to buy that record. Yeah. So I spent a lot of money there. Superfly is my favorite. Groove City in Hamburg and Superfly in Paris may be my two favorite record stores in the whole world. <laughs> I've never been to both and I'm right now sort of want to like book a trip there yeah. <laughs> because I, f I find that I find that uh, the color thing that you just said yeah. so interesting and like also the the, the passion they must have oh. for, for their stock and like you know the involvement they must have for that yeah I was so impressed because I, I work in a massive record store but but the, the so we won't have the opportunity to listen through it through through it all but Yeah, the, the 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 passion, the interest they must have for music to listen through every record, and I felt like they don't sell the records they don't like, and the few few records that they don't enjoy, you can tell by the sticker. Like it's not, yeah, uh, uh, it's kind of okay, yeah, but you know, it's not as yeah, it's okay, <laughs> it's, it's okay. like great. Yeah. Uh, but, but what's uh, I? I've never really like I've I've vaguely scratched the surface of African music, which is 
uh, huge. Uh, so it's really hard to know what countries you should focus on and what you should look into. And just going to that record store, I found out that my favorite genre probably is uh, High Life from Ghana. And since then, I've just been diving into that. And uh, there are some High Life uh, from Nigeria also. The, um, that's really, really great. Uh, but that record I've store. I've never heard of High Life. Yeah. So I'm. I. Is there any artist that you would recommend to get into <coughs> when you want to start with High Life? I'm not going to slaughter those names by trying to. <laughs> <laughs> but I maybe I should just make a playlist sometime. Maybe yeah. I just. just post. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I think like an introduction yeah. to High Life. And I know that record store is also on Instagram. Superfly. Instagram, so I know they can recommend things. But it's nice to, you know, finally, because Africa is such a huge continent, and where yeah. should you start? You, do, you we, uh, I, me, myself, living in the in Sweden, it's it's so far away, so distant. I yeah. I don't have a natural source for someone to introduce me to what countries and influences I might like, and I found that there because I listened to so many records. I was there for such a long time. So then I figured out, maybe I don't like this, maybe I'm not into that kind of thing. Maybe. And then just, yeah, Ghana, Nigeria, that's my that's my two countries. <laughs> it's generally such a, um, well, I don't want to offend someone, but like a blank space in like music um, history, basically. I think I'm now probably mistaking, but Raikuda did a lot of things with like African mm. musicians, and yep. like I know that I like the blues because a colleague where I once worked was really into Africa and and stuff. But never, I'm never even scratched the surface. I've been, I, I haven't been near the surface basically to even scratch yeah. it. But yeah, just you saying it, it's it's such a you know you always talk about America or England or. Um, yeah. Sweden or Scandinavia had a huge um, wave of bands like in the early 2000s and mm. uh, for indie um, for me Australia is right now for me personally like the country I'm um, discovering mainly because they're doing like um, interesting guitar music like you know and mostly mm. women basically like women doing guitar music better than ever yeah But Africa, I've never really, you know, and that's such an interesting, I'm definitely going to put this up there. High yeah, life. and it's in high life. Yeah, it's really, it's, uh, it's, 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 it will make you, it, it will make you very happy to listen to. But I, I, I just think it says a lot about, a lot about us as Europeans or a country that we yeah. are, this is a blank space. And I feel we have blank space within our uh, continent also. Uh, I, I had a period in high school where I was, super into Balkan music from the Balkan region like um, Bosnia and uh, uh, Croatia and that led me into Romani music uh, and the movies like Emir Kostorica, Black Cat, White Cat and things like that and then I dug into that and that is also a genre that we don't know a lot about and that's just massive Yeah, again, blank space for me. I have to yeah, like, exactly. cowardly admit that. Yeah, exactly. That's so close that, to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we don't, yeah. But then again, maybe it's maybe it's also comforting because there's so much to discover. I, I find that interesting. I mean, some, mm. sometimes people are like, oh, it's so confusing and so much. But I find like, okay, great. There are still things that you can, you know, like the next wormhole you can get into and like discovering things. And um, I find it really interesting and comforting right now that there's so much blank space still 
Yeah, and you you will never be able to discover everything. But that's yeah. the great thing about record stores. That's the great thing about Superfly in this case, that I was able to go into that store and they helped me without, I never talked to the staff, but they helped me figure out where to start in a whole continent. Yeah, and they already, uh, already curated yeah. it, you know, sort of yeah. by, by their stock, yeah. That 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 person who wrote those notes, maybe I've been listening to this different genres for like 40 years and just focusing on those countries in Africa uh, and figure out what they are and what they usually do and, and things like that. And then I can just come in and just read those notes and figure out what direction I want to start in. And, that's, yeah, and you say, uh, that's amazing. not a vibrant red, that's more like green. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for something. Yeah, calming. I was looking for something blue. Do you have something? Yeah. Not the Johnny Mitchell record, like no, something no. that feels blue. Yeah, exactly. And that's the great thing about you. You can never get that from the internet because and internet will. Yeah, it's just not the same. I'm. Yeah, I'm mostly they like, copy like the the you know the 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 label releases and they sort of just put it down and it's like well take it. Yeah, and those really, really passionate people who have been listening to a genre for 40, or, or not a genre, but but listening to a certain type of uh, techno for 40 years, those people won't appear on the internet. They will own a record store and they will work there and they will know. They they will, they are the person where you can come up to the register and say, oh, I want something that's uh, ambient, but also blue. And they yeah. will know. <laughs> yeah, and they'd say, well, there are about six different <laughs> options. Where will yeah. we start? <laughs> yeah. And then you say, but, but I don't like this type of thing. And I don't like that type of uh, drum machine program thing. And then I... And they say, okay, now we have three options left. Uh, should I should I show them to you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's my job also. So I know exactly yeah. what they mean. But um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. That's why I love record stores. <laughs> um, well, you're spending so much time in record store this year. Have you any like the three favorite records this year? Like not in the perfect order, but like just like I mean, I know John Hopkins probably yeah, maybe is up course. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it's probably going to be up there. I have so many. It I can't narrow. Uh, maybe I should maybe ten. Some That's okay. Maybe ten. Okay, <laughs> we have the time. But I can mention some records that I feel like not a lot of people maybe yeah, that's great. know yeah. about uh, because they are the big ones. And I don't think they need any more exposure. Domino has had one of their strongest years ever. Yeah. It's been it's been an, a, a weird year for Domino Records. And I, I, I still haven't tried to figure out how they got Cat Power to move from Matador yeah. to Domino Records because she released her new record on domino records also but they seem to be the greatest label on earth and just to connect with john hopkins again that he released his record there also uh, but that's and it's such a diversity group you know such a different group of people and styles and i love it but it's all you know it's all good that's probably where it's like coming yeah, together uh, from when you look at it from behind the scenes if if you can call it that by working in a record store and working with musicians it just tells you that they have great respect and uh, for, for their artists like they treat their artists really really good apparently since they have so many great records and uh, they yeah yeah and probably a lot of freedom involved you know i think yeah. all these artists probably they I, I mean i don't know cat power but from you know the the years i think she she treasures a lot of freedom and mm. i think maybe that's like sort of you know i remember like you know arctic monkeys the beginning of their career they they choose Domino over like all major labels they could have mm. you know have, 
And I think mm. they just did it because the people at it were not just about sympathy, but, you know, just probably most interest in music, really. Mm. Yeah. It seems like a label with a lot of passionate people. Um, and I, I've been in awe about uh, for about their releases this year. It's been it's been an amazing year for Domino Records, and it so sounds like I'm sponsored, but I'm not <laughs> sponsored. I just I just I just like it when you can see a, where, a label that that I just love labels. I just love falling in love with labels and discovering music via labels. So that label has been stand up. And then one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, is Grigory Alanisakov from? He's originally from South Africa. Uh, he's li he's living in the States now, and he makes folk music and uh, I don't know folk singer songwriter. I I hate saying that genre, but it, it is what it is. But I feel I heard someone when I played this record. Uh, he said that it's all. Uh, he said it's. Uh, producer porn to listen to the new record because definitely I, I don't know I, I mean I love him as well and I, I, I uh, he has some kind of special microphone I think Reg sees like recording his voice I just love the sound of his voice it's like yeah. the most beautiful thing <laughs> I just got goosebumps just talking about it because I just keep remembering everything but I know the last two records are just analog recorded on tape so that's one thing and I think he has his studio at home um, and he lives on a farm and every, everything feels so organic. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's something that I prefer, but when everything just feels so real, so so organic, like flowing and, and, and just so palpable in a way, I just love it. And uh, I saw him live for the first time last year and it was the exact same feeling live. It was, it was just, uh, I don't know, it just feels real in a way I can't describe. And it's uh, producer porn. It's so well produced. It's it's not boring. No, it's it has a sort of. I think I've always called it warmth around it, and yeah. it's it's sort of. I, I've I think not the last, but like yeah, the one before that I used it on traveling, and it's such a great traveling record as well. I mean, it's like the the best soundtrack for like looking out, you know, the window of a train or something, as well as just staying home and thinking about it. But it's such mm. a great. I don't know. It just grounds you, and it's just beautiful. I, I completely mm. agree with you there. And he's an amazing songwriter, and he's an amazing singer. He has an impeccable voice. Yeah, and it's so effortless. That's probably yeah. the most. It's like um, <laughs> yeah, people who I, I people who are who feels like they were born to sing, uh, like they just woke up. With, which I know isn't the case. He has been working very, very hard on his voice, and everyone who is a good singer works very hard on their vocal performance but it just feels like he was born to do this it just feels so natural and i can really recommend uh, there is a podcast uh, where uh, with a really just search his name it pops up so where they do a really in-depth interview with him uh, about his whole life and process of recording and his relationship with music which is really relaxed and not at all schooled in any way he it really feels like he was just born to make music so that's, yeah, he 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 as a person and his music just speaks to me. So I think that one, and then the third one, who is a newcomer and is definitely an an indie artist in its true form, because that record uh, you can only get it through him and that label is Novo Amor from Wales. He often get often get accused of just sounding like Bon Iver. But uh, I think Bon Iver only sounded like that for one record, which was their self-titled. 
So before that and after that, Bonnevere didn't sound like that because they are always, yeah, or, or he yeah. is always evolving. He yeah. just makes different things. So it it's it has elements of that self-titled Bonnevere record, but I would argue that a lot of things in today's music scene sounds a lot like that record because it was so influential. Uh, so it's kind of like Kanye West 808s and Heartbreaks after that record was released. It influenced just a massive amount of hip hop and R&B, and just like Bonnevere's Bonnevere, it just influenced a massive amount of like this floating ethereal pop, indie pop. Yeah, and he's always been really great with you know the first record was like this folk yeah. uh, record, really you know um, nothing else around it in a time where that was you know like with Fleet Foxes and stuff, um, yeah. and then this third record is like this. I still, you know, I don't have words to describe it really, but it's just beautiful and like textures all around it. It's uh, things happening all the time in that record, yeah. and I it, it feels like it's really polarizing. Also, people either hate it or love it. I love it. I feel I think it's beautiful, uh, and I don't mind that he used a lot of uh, auto tune. It doesn't bother me. I think he uses it in very tasteful ways, and he uses it as an as, as an instrument. Yeah, and just on a sound, you know, soundscape yeah. sort of, and it's he's just like you know putting different colors at different, yeah. and just like sometimes it's like just a little point there, and but it has like a it has like an impact on the whole thing. I think to me, mm. you know, it sounds like that. Yeah, but 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 now I sidetracked out to Bonnie. Oh, sorry, Nova. sorry. <laughs> no, no, I did, but Nova more. It's kind of that f very floating material, and he has a falsetto voice that is really beautiful. And he had done an album, a collaboration uh, before that with a guy named Ed Tallett, who is also from the UK, who does similar music. But this is his debut album. I think it was released last week, which would be mid-October. It's, it's really beautiful. I haven't received it on vinyl yet, but I think it's an hand pour so it will be different every copy which is interesting uh, always for a collector like yeah, myself <laughs> it will be interesting both in knowing how the, it will sound quality wise and it, no, nice to own something that no one else owns everything is unique but that's my three maybe not so well known but there are a lot of things and there are still a couple of months left two months left worth of records so but the december usually is just christmas records and really yeah or sh like shitty music. Shots. yeah that uh, sort of going into yeah. the market yeah but like you said something that no one else has yes like I, i don't remember you have like a, a record that's like one of 27 one of 36 yeah uh, yeah but but it's not really that special of a record <laughs> it's just it's, a really small run of uh, yeah, it's not of pressings. the thing is you when you work in a record store or you work in the record industry you start to get really really cynical so you know what people are doing when they do this kind of oh it's only 36 records yeah you had a couple of records left from the pressing plant that you didn't know what to do with that's the thing Uh, so I'm not going. I'm not. Uh, I bought it at a show with my one of my favorite artists of uh, once again all time, Daniel Norgren, who is a Swedish <laughs> guy with a guitar. Um, but he is just amazing, and I saw him live in February, I think. And at the show, they sold a limited run of my favorite album of his, Alabersi, 36 copies, and it was 
just the record in a paper sleeve signed and it came with a exclusive poster but i i know that they probably had copies left without the sleeve so that's probably what happened and then they had posters left from the 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 box set probably and then they just threw it together and sold it as a limited edition so we are 36 people who have that record um, that left over but it's still overpriced at Discog, so it doesn't matter. But 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 you get a little bit cynical. I had to have it because I love that record and it was really cheap, so I just wanted it. But but um, I mean it, that that's not my most valuable or special record in any way. Valuable, it's a kind of you know terms of price or terms yeah. of like emotional yeah of course uh, value. But what is it when you when you mention it? I'm really terrible at having high. Um, you. Yeah, I'm really terrible at it. I just realized that two of my most valuable records, I had no, no idea that they were valuable at all. Like a 7-inch from Radiohead with the song Spectre on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not valuable. It's not the most valuable, um, in spe- speaking of money, of all my records. But for being a 7-inch, I think it was like 90 US dollars. Uh, yeah, and I was like, it's a, it's, it's a 7-inch. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so that's... For the amount, and it didn't even make the cut for the James Bond track that no. it was like intended and it's, to. It's yeah, really poor, like cardboard paper. It's not in a. It doesn't even have an inner sleeve. Yeah, um, uh, but that's Radiohead. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's Radiohead, and it was like two thousand copies. I, I don't get it, but it's a, it's for the amount of plastic used. It's probably my most valuable record. Uh, but other than that, I have one record that I really love. That I own. there's only 200 copies, and that is Robin for the Talk, which was released in 2010, I think. And that's only had a run of one one run of black vinyl, 200 copies, and I bought it for I think around nine euros uh, from uh, peop- from someone who had reviewed it and didn't like it and it, it, the person have uh, hadn't even opened it so I just bought it for nine euros when it was released and now it, it just goes for insane amount of money but I think it will be repressed soon Robin has hinted about it but that's probably my most treasured record and then I have a really weird record that's made out of metal uh, from the 50s I think and that was from a recording booth in Stockholm at an amusement park. They had this recording booth where you record yourself and then you get a record of that. Oh, like the, um, like the, you know, Neil Young record that he did like in this recording booth. I think yeah, there was like uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And a Third Man Record had yeah, one of those. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think he did um, that recording at Third Man Record. Yeah. And that kind of thing, but in fifties. They pressed yeah. it in me- on metal. Yeah, it's it, it's in metal. I can't tell you what metal because I'm terrible That's at it. Okay. But I, I assume some kind of al- aluminum uh, yeah. based metal, and I haven't been able to listen to it because I it's in metal and I don't have a player for it. But one day I will listen to it. <clears throat> and it just and says it's like name. someone's personal, like yeah. you don't it's, even know what's on it. No, <laughs> I don't know what song like they're someone, singing. Yeah, or saying happy birthday to their mother or something maybe it, it uh, i got it because the person who started bengans bengans the store i work at bengans uh, he he sold the company in early 2000 to my bosses now and but he came back to work at the store and he used to 
do the secondhand section. And then that record just appeared and he said, oh, you want it, don't, don't know what to do with, with it. And, and of course I want it because I love weird records. <laughs> I love that unique piece of history and, and now I'm just looking for something to play it on. I have no idea how to play it. But well, that's I, amazing. I I, yeah. I remember. I just remember that some band. I don't even if it's. A, I don't remember if it's a good band. But they sort of did like a special edition for like a record on ice, where you could like they give you like a template, and then you could like pour water in it and put it in the freezer, and then there would be the record yeah. on ice. That's just one other. And otherwise, I never heard of a record on metal. No, the, I I Google Google it. There is a Wikipedia page for that kind of records, but oh, okay. I I couldn't find a non-Swedish page because the Swedish, I found a Swedish page for this kind of thing because it was a big thing in Stockholm at the time, yeah. 40s, 50s, where they come in and do these records. But I couldn't find a English website where I could read, read about this kind of thing. But I, I read a little bit about the Swedish tradition of amusement parks and recording t short records. Uh, but I don't know when it ended. Uh, and I don't know how to play it. <laughs> But like talking about um, like the things you're you're looking for or special editions or Star Wars, what you mentioned, and you found in Hamburg was that the Star Wars uh, yeah. records? Yeah. Following your account, you just is this Zeus vinyl? Um, mm. she just got you like a record. You always you still been looking for yeah. for, and that's I'm probably gonna butcher that name as well. Um, Gonya Zufi. Yeah from Los Angeles or at least that's where he is based firstly I looked it up and I really enjoyed it um, yeah. that's one point but are there any other records that you really that are sort of at large that you're looking for and that maybe someone's listening and have it like in their collection and saying well I don't never listen to it I don't want it or do you want to like really discover it in a store and it's like no don't send it to me I, I, I am a store person I, I really love the the, the hunt I, I've never bought anything secondhand from anyone online I just bought from people who I've met but there are a couple of records some of them are not rare but they only appear in America so I or the US so I can never get them uh, until you get there uh, until I get there uh, but I've been obsessed with the record for, I think, for a year that I, I, I'm not going to find. I, I, I shouldn't say, but I tried to order a bootleg, but it never appeared. So I, it never arrived. I don't know. But it's a Canadian guy. I know a lot of people will know this, but Mort Garçon. Uh, and he made... I'm not one of the people. You know, but he made, he made a record with Moog synthesizers. For uh, I think in the 60s, maybe yeah. I'm messing this up. Maybe it was the 70s, but it, no, it has to be the 70s. Oh, anyway, so uh, he made a record with Moog synthesizer, synthesizer for plants. So it's like ambient music for plants that will make them grow faster, and it's so soothing to listen to. I just love it, and it's super expensive, and it's really hard to find a good copy. And the, uh, they haven't done a reissue and it looks like no one will ever do a reissue because the rights and, and everything. And there is a bootleg. There is kind of not a bootleg. That It's this gray zone of public. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, it's the, the, that gray zone. But everyone who has bought it says that it's missing sounds and it sounds terrible and it, it has no... It's really flat and everything. So you really want a first pressing of that record. And I... I oh. I, I, the, there is this guy who owns a, who works at a record store in Los Angeles who have DM, DM'd me several times saying, oh, it, now we have it in stock, but 
I, I just can't pay like 200 US dollars for a record. I can't justify that for myself. Yeah, and then maybe it's, you know, it's, it is the one that's, that's sounding flat or it's like missing pieces or something. Yeah. But he, he, it seems to appear in, he's from Canada, this, this musician, and it seems to appear in Canada and the US quite often. And I read a lot of stories of people just finding it in like yard sale for $5. Um, but as soon as it arrives at a record store, everyone knows how valuable it is. It's called Mother Earth's Plantation. And it's just, just if you like synthesizers, which I do a lot, <laughs> it's like synthesized porn for plants. I don't know. And I people. Just, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> people. <laughs> people. It's, it's only available on YouTube also, so it's not available digital. Someone has ripped it from a vinyl. But and, that's, that's uh, beautiful. That's actually not really, you know, only on vinyl. Um. And then, so I can listen to it at times before it's taken down, because it's taken down several times. Yeah. Um, and it was the same thing with Midori Takada, who is a Japanese ambient musician. Um, but they reissued her rec most famous record earlier this year. So maybe there's hope. Uh, but that was also like only on YouTube, available on YouTube. Yeah, that's probably the record I'm looking for. But then there's... There's uh, yeah, it's oh, there's a band called Electric President who makes electronic pop, electro pop, yeah. and they made an album with their uh, it's self titled I have all of their albums except for their self titled Ah, uh, that's the yeah, that's <laughs> a that's, collector's nightmare. Yeah, and that's really expensive and also only appears in America for some reason. Even if it was pressed by a German label. It never appears in anywhere close to me, and I, I don't know. I don't. I never buy from Discogs. So if everyone, every anyone ever uh, sees it in Europe in a European record store, just tell me, and I will go there. I will fly there to buy that record. <laughs> That's probably. And I always try to complete my Elliot Smith collection. I have a couple of seven inches that I'm missing. Which which one are you missing? Of uh, Elliot Smith. Yeah. Oh, I have just raised, raised them on, on Discord because I can never remember what... Is it early stuff or really no, early stuff? No, I more? have most of them. There's a couple of them who are very expensive, but I never remember the name. I just get emails from Discord saying, no, it's available, but it's always super <laughs> highly priced. Yeah, it's, no, it's mostly in new stuff. It's Son of Sam. I don't have that one. Oh, Happiness... Okay. Uh, I don't have that one. And Baby Britain, I don't have. But the other ones I have. So I have... They are not super expensive either. They're like, uh, you know, 10, 10 euros or something around that. Yeah, but, but it's Discogs. I mean, you, and you probably want to find it in a in a store somewhere. Yeah, I've been told several times that I should just get into Discogs and buy things <laughs> from people secondhand. And I, I, for me, it's 50% of the thing is to find it in a store or yeah. find it from a person that you meet. I bought a record from my uh, from my colleague or my friend, rather, uh, just the other day. And, and that gives, the, I, I don't know, I like that so much more, talking to the person who owned it and, and buying it that way. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a history, and it's still you know again an organic feeling around yeah. like having a story, and not just well I pressed it, on that button and then it magically appeared on my doorstep, and then I paid via PayPal, and then yeah, I order stuff online like limited editions and things, yeah, new sure. things. Yeah, but I, I never buy secondhand because I uh, I don't know. Uh, I like to hold the record and looking at it and knowing the quality and knowing the history. I don't, I just. 
Also, I have to admit, I just like talking to people about records. So I will take the opportunity to talk to the person about the record. It's nice. He, but I bought him. I bought. I bought this record from him because he didn't like it. So you know. He didn't want to talk about it, but well, it's also a conversation saying that, but I want to take it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, uh, maybe uh, he, he never listened to it, so that's the problem. But like you know, you mentioned Bon Iver, and you in one of your uh, QAs you uh, showed a Bon Iver record. Well, it's titled actually, I think, if I remember right, that's uh, signed with uh, eyeliner, and you yeah. said that's a story for another time. Is it another time? <laughs> it's. Not, I don't think it's a good story. Because it's one of those stories where I, I remember it and I feel so embarrassed for some reason. I just cringe at myself. I, I think I don't remember. But it was when the self-titled album was released. It was in connection to that. And I was on tour with Anna and her yeah. band at the time. Or, and they were, we were, we were, I wasn't playing anything. Bonnever and we uh, shared the backstage area. So Bonnever played uh, at the... It was Anna von Hauswolf, and then it was Wilco after that, and then Bonnever uh, on that same stage. That's so, an awesome lineup, by the way. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I think that was a three... Yeah, it was a three bands. And, and, uh, and I think I just bought the record for some reason, so I had it with me. I think I even bought it at this festival we were at. But I can't remember. And then I got backstage and I was like, this never happens because I, I never get starstruck, which sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm not. It's just like you get a little bit immune towards it after being on touring since you were 16 or 17. You meet so many mus musicians. But I, I got in there and I, I, I panicked. I was like, I will never meet these guys again. I will never meet them again. There would be no scenario where I would meet Bon Iver ever again so i just asked them to sign it and i only had my eyeliner with me so they signed it with instead of their names they have just painted things inside <laughs> it and it's completely smushed it's like so someone painted a flower i think the only one who signed it properly was sean carey uh the drummer and the other people just painted things with my eyeliner and and now when i'm telling it i i think it's not that of a cringy story but for some reason i just feel embarrassed that I asked them for a sign for, I, because I think it's the only time I've asked for to get something signed uh, and it's in not my even entire permanent. life I mean it's you know that when it's smushy and stuff it's like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm never going to sell it but I will always remember it there's eyeliner all over the I think it's signed on the inner sleeve uh, no it's sound on the back side of the record and the plastic sleeve has eyeliner on it and the rec I I never sell any records I've never sold a record Uh, that I own. I just have this vision that one day I will just put it on my future kids to take care of it. And maybe they will have a, something. Maybe they will enjoy it. This eyeliner smushed record. <laughs> and the story behind it. Yeah, and the, and the very cringy story behind it. <laughs> I don't think it's cringy. I, re I really don't. I, don't I mean, that's always I, uh, easy to tell from the other side, really. I think they, it could be that they remember it, you know, that eyeliner story, back yeah. to, which isn't helping you probably with the cringy aspect no. of it. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, I, I, I only think it's cringy because I know when... No, I don't. I, I always... This is just a gender in life. I don't want to bother people. And that's my problem, that I always feel like I'm bothering people with my presence. And you don't. I, I've been on that 
position myself where people come up and say hi and I never feel like they bother me. I, I'm always happy that they do. But I, I in, in now in retrospective, I feel like, yeah, but they were on tour and maybe they wanted to relax and have a good time and not be bothered by this like 20 <laughs> year old bothering them with the a stupid record yeah but maybe if it's helping yeah. i mean i'm trying to help um it's probably <laughs> just you know what's been such a big thing because it's so special to you it's probably five minutes out of their day on a like a stressful yeah, day exactly yeah i just can't put it in I, I i always feel like i'm bothering other people but i never feel like people bother me so i just i just need to get in that mindset that well it's the same thing for other people And if people don't want to be bothered, it's not like I went to the dressing room and went inside and bothered yeah, and them. And sat down on the couch and said, well, what are we going to drink? No, no, no. We were standing in a group of people. They were just about to go on stage. No, not just about. It was like I, I, harassing them. We were just standing there. We all have, had been playing some kind of Swedish stupid silly game with bricks. And uh, and uh, then I just asked, can I have it signed? I only have eyeliner. So it wasn't like I was intruding on their privacy. It sounds fine to me. It's, it's, it really um, sounds fine. <laughs> it's, it's one of many dumb tour stories. No, really. It, it, I have, I, but I know exactly what you're feeling. And I've, I've only, yeah. I've talked to like musicians. I've only talked to like three or something. And it was like always like yeah. I regretted it instantly afterwards. But I th yeah. think it was fine actually but, but what you mentioned when people like approach you i mean with like these forty thousand followers and especially spending your time in record stores so being surrounded by people that listen to music and um how often does does it appear that someone's saying oh aren't you the the person i'm following on instagram uh, it's a very small percentage of people who are following that comes from sweden so it's mostly tourists yeah. who are come up but does happen yeah yeah it it does happen it happens more of course when i'm visible at the store i'm mostly at my yeah. office uh, so when i'm visible like when i work weekends i think it's like three or four times uh, a day <laughs> or when we if i if i'm standing at the counter at the store but otherwise maybe once or twice a week people come up and say hi it's it's more it's more when we are on tour uh, then people approach me quite often and and it's very nice it's very i'm feeling very honored that people want to talk to me yeah i think it's it's um well the thing you do on instagram which is you know apart from the other stuff that turning yourself in, i mean it's fascinating it's really fascinating I, I, i assume it takes a lot of time um yeah and like planning and just coming up with the idea of like um Oh, I've seen that Pink Floyd cover a lot of times, but I've never thought about, you know, extending that line and putting it, you know, on my face or that uh, Pulp Fiction cover or something. It's like really fascinating. Yeah. Is there like a moment where you like decided, oh, I can do that. I can, I can, I can turn myself into a record. I should do that. That's something in me that wants to get out. I've been taking self-portraits that aren't self-portraits where I've been dressing up since I was in high school. Yes, I got um, I, I studied photography in high school and then I took other, I've been working as a photographer on and off and I also studied photography after high school. So 
I've, and, and I always been fascinated by the self-portrait, not the selfie, <laughs> yeah. but using yourself. The grown-up as, version of it, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. But my my all-time favorite uh, um, artist uh, is Cindy Sherman, who does self-portrait. And she was did a lot of things in the 80s and 70s. And, and where she dressed up to different characters, where um, to the point where she's not recognizable. And she puts herself out in the street or at home or anything. Uh, and she makes these really elaborate costumes and turns herself into other characters. And I was introduced to that by my photography teacher in high school. Uh, and I spent a lot of time. And then I just did analog photography. So that's also a challenge, the, taking self-portraits with analog photography equipment and then developing de developing it. And I think that just that, that is something that I, I'm... When it comes to myself, I'm an, a, a, an intense control freak uh, with my own things like not i don't control i don't need control from other people but when it comes to my own artwork if you will or things like that i want full control and that means that using myself as a model is the most convenient thing because i know what i want from myself i know the positions and everything i know i have the idea in my head so the only thing i have to do is make that uh, so that way of thinking was natural to me before I started the Instagram account. And it's great to combining it with, you know, music then and vinyl. Yeah, exactly. So the, those two are my two big passions, art and music, I think. And then the, this artist that's, you know, sort of like a an inspiration in that case. For like the yeah, format are, and for are, like the form. Yeah, and I think she, she was a pioneer in that art form and after, after that many people have done the same thing. Uh, but I, I just like that way of, I just, I, I personally like to do everything. I like the process of all, all the, pro, uh, the things in creating the picture and doing the makeup and then editing it and writing about the music. I just love everything about it. And, and you know, probably sharing it and getting the reaction, not like in a, oh, look at yeah. me, it's great thing, but just the, the exchange with like people. Of course. Um, I think that's the beauty of like um, also this Instagram thing, if you want to say it that like. But how much time does it take? Like from like getting the idea, it's like uh, working in records to helping. That you, or go, do you go into your own collection and look like what you can, or do you get something in your hand and say, oh, I can, I can turn myself into that? It's it's combination combination of both. There are some some pictures that I'm constantly planning, but I can't execute because I don't have the money. Because I'm not a millionaire, you don't make a lot of money working in a record. I think store. every vinyl collector isn't a millionaire. I think that's sort of that's <laughs> no. like a, it crosses each other out. No, yeah, exactly. So so and time. Uh, so I have I have a couple of ideas that are super ambitious that I just I just have to wait for both money, time. And also experience, because some things I just can't execute. I've been throwing ideas. I, I, I have like three body paints that I've completed and taken the picture and then just, oh, it's just so terrible. I can't post it. And there are body paints where I have done, have to redo them a couple of times uh, just so I can get kind of what I want to, because I'm not experienced. So I, I don't know what what i'm doing it doesn't look like it you know like the john hopkins or the bonobo i think where people like accused you of like photoshopping yeah they that they, they do all the time and those the, the john hopkins that that one i just went for it and it's pretty simple also it's just a sunset so it's pretty yeah but like the the, the well 
how do you say the hue or whatever the like the you know that yeah. it's going from like a sunset the beauty of like the colors in it and it's like i mean yeah. maybe it's close up it's not as you know but like from that angle of the photograph it's 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 beautiful and it made me like even more discover that artist in a way it's such a strange yeah. thing really and the yeah and and for me my strengths are color and when it comes to just the paint it's color and blending is you know, th those are my strengths uh, strengths and i'm not very good at the details and i'm not very good at like i can do a landscape but i couldn't paint a person i'm terrible at painting faces and things like that so that won't happen but uh, the bonobo painting i had to try out to see how colors blend and how that thing worked out but uh, Yeah, but most, I don't know, I think it's 50-50. Some posts are planned, some posts are planned like months. I have the idea and then I just have to figure out how to do it. And some posts I do the same day. I just see the record in my shelf and I'm like, I'm going to do that one uh, today. And um, it, it's, a, it's a mix of both, I think. And time-wise, what's the longest that ever took you to do one? Ugh. Like it's hours. I mean, you can see that on the paint job, but like, yeah, um, the execution itself is always hours. <laughs> and then people always say, "Oh, you have too much free time," but they don't realize that I love. Yeah, doing you make this. time. That's the that's probably yeah, the, the difference yeah. between you know. This is my this is my kind of my passion. <laughs> Besides making and listening to music, this is I, I enjoy I enjoy. I, I've said before I was a, I'm a little bit of a hermit, so I enjoy this. I just enjoy being by myself and doing these kinds of things. Uh, but I say the one that maybe took the most time has to be the Star Wars post where I made a Ray costume because I made the whole costume. Sure, as you do. So that yeah, uh, so <laughs> as you do. But I I, uh, I like to sew things also. But I'm a terrible seamstress, but I like it. So um, it's a hack job, but but anyway, I made I made that costume. And again, and it doesn't look like. It. I mean, it doesn't really. It doesn't look like it. It looks. <laughs> if, you, if you saw me, I couldn't go to a Halloween party in that costume. It would look horrible. But you know, in a picture, it looks great. I'm going to do another picture today. That's the exact same thing. Hopefully, it will work out. But I'm not going to say what it is because if it doesn't work out, I don't want anyone to know that I te failed terrible. But it's going to look uh, terrible in person. But on picture, it would look uh, absolutely amazing. Hopefully. Do you have a, a, your own personal favorite, or is it the next one that's the that's the that's the favorite? No, of my own posts. You mean? Yeah. Do you have like a, of your own post that you like can still look at and say, oh, that's exactly it turned exactly out how I wanted it to be. I think the ones where I surprise, <laughs> like when I go in blind and just hope for the best. Those are always the ones that I like the most. So that sort of start at the day and you end it on the day, and it's yeah, like, you oh well, that worked actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, mm, today is going to be one of those days where I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to try to apply like a bald cap for the first time, like glue it to my face, and that's that's a challenge in its own right. And dangerous, uh, but, <laughs> but but I have safe glue. Okay. It's not, not a problem. But I think. Uh, maybe th the first time I really took that leap of faith and did something completely out of my comfort zone, zone has to be the John Hopkins singularity post because I never painted on my body before. So I just went for it. I just went out and buy some colors and then I just went for it. Um, so that, that was that was like very satisfying to myself knowing that I can just, I, that I could do that. And 
I have to say, I don't think anyone has done it before in the vinyl community where they body painted them, themselves. So it, it was a fun thing. Now a lot of people use body paint, but, but at the time no one made themselves into I know a girl who painted record sleeves on her face uh, and she doesn't do it any longer. Uh, but she painted like Joy Divisions, Unknown Pressures and everything like super detailed on her face, but it wasn't vinyl related. So Yeah, but that, that's the sort of the genre I talked about in like the introduction, yeah. you know, it's, it is something. And when I see someone using body paint, I, I, I think about, oh, that's like my own, you know, as a, that's like the, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like a record, like, and someone says, oh, well, that sounds like Bowie. I mean, you know, in mm. comparison, obviously, but it, it is something that's never been done before. And that's sort of, um, it brought like a baseline and it's sort of, you know, and you think, oh, they, obviously, I know where this comes from. They looked at, you know, yeah. and, and that's in, fascinating in itself, I think, and um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, they say Im imitation is the finest form of flattery, and it, it really is. It's really nice to see that people are uh, getting inspired to do things like or, or the themed posts I have, and they do the same thing with the decade posts. Uh, and I'm not saying people have haven't done lists of decades before, but the, when they dress up and they do color themed playlists and they do body paints and they uh, everything, and people have done dressed up as covers before it's not that but uh, i'm just saying it feels like i'm at least inspiring some people to get out of their comfort zone like i do and do different things and uh, of course other accounts are inspiring in that same way um, and i think bonobo black sands is just uh, a, a piece where i i uh, it turned out better than i expected i didn't know i could paint that well I'm not saying it's an expert job, but it's better than I thought I could paint. Um, so I think those two and Moby play yeah, because definitely. it was fun to do. I think there, there are people that are coming to me and saying, well, you're in this Instagram world. Have you seen that person yeah. doing that? that? That definitely happened in my life. So I think those three, and those are also three records I love. So maybe it's that also. Yeah, and it's great, I think, seeing inspiring and people getting out of comfort zones and, and just, you know, um, giving themselves a try and, like, um, discovering things they maybe never knew they they liked or they, they enjoyed. And I, f I feel like, yeah. in comparison, even though I think maybe it's, like, just having such a, a big following, I, I still feel like that the vinyl community on Instagram is really supporting and nice and welcoming that's what i experience it like with you know some exceptions obviously but like in the whole general it's it's really open and 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 welcoming yeah and it's been it's it's improved i would say for the last year or so uh, i think it's a lot of, a lot better now than it used to be uh, it used to be really exclusive for a certain type of people and now it's really inclusive and I don't know why it's become that way. Maybe it's because there's more people or maybe it's because Instagram changed their algorithms. Algorithm. So my post doesn't appear on pages, people's pages where who don't doesn't want to see me. Um, well, that's not but, really inclusive. But, but. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but, I, but I feel like at least for me, but I, I can't speak for everyone and I, I don't keep track on other people's accounts how much hate they get. But my the amount of hate I get now compared to a year ago it's just it's it's nothing it's barely anything <laughs> knock on wood but but it's decreased intensely over the last year that, then let's uh, hope that's a um a development or a progress that's um 
going yeah. in that direction. And I think it, I think it has a lot to do with the algorithm. Just just my post doesn't appear on pages where people generally don't like that type of content. Yeah, and they and they cater to it that okay, you didn't like this, yeah. we're not going to show you this. No. Yeah, but generally, I hope exactly. that's that's a, that's a progress that's that's um, that's keeping itself in that direction. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this and for being so brave um, to being the first one <laughs> in this <laughs> thank series. Thank you for for having me. Thank you for being brave enough to put me first. <laughs> Thank you.